Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Hey, happy new year. Welcome to Let's Chat 2017. Hey, T. Hey, Alicia girl. Happy new year. It is good to be back on the air. It seems like we've been gone for a minute, but girl, we needed that break. Don't think that we wasn't working in between. I think we need <laughs> more tight coming back in. We got to get back in our groove, get back in our swing. Get our guests back up to par what's been going on here on Let's Chat. I'm excited, Leash. It's a new year, girl. Absolutely. It sure is. And we are ready to conquer the new year. We're talking that talk today about lazy pen syndrome. See, we got to step that up. And everybody's had that little moment in time where they've had that lazy pen moment. You don't want to write. You don't want to promote. You don't, you know, you're just a little lazy. Some people take it a little overboard. I'm just saying. But it happens. And when it happens, what do people do to get out of that, 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 just that rut, you know, of writing? Mm-hmm. So we're going to mm-hmm. talk about that today with our fabulous guest, Carrie Anson, Lisa Banks Sparrow, and Valerie Desheer. I think that's how I pronounced her last name, because y'all know we could tear her names up. up. <laughs> that is so true. You and I, we were just saying, okay, we got to make sure we get our name right. But, you know, we're going to ask her because, you know, like Alicia said, we could jack up a name. And no, no, nothing against anybody, but sometimes you're just not sure how to pronounce a name. And uh, we don't want to do that here on Let's Chat. But at least this topic is so good for the start of the year. You know, coming out of the holidays, a lot of people can still be in that slow mode, you know, that still feeling full type of mode. And um, you do get a lazy 10, and you got to step it up 
it's a new year, get those juices flowing, those those uh researches going. So it's gonna be exciting to hear how season authors when they come into a rut, what they do to get out of that rut, especially starting a new year, girl. So this topic tonight is so on point. Absolutely, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it happens to the best of everybody. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's and it's beyond just having uh, writer's block. You know, writer's block mm-hmm. is different. Mm-hmm. Writer's block just means that your your processing is just you know you just probably tired of seeing words. You tired. You just need a moment. So you go and grab you something to eat. You change your music. You take a shower. You go for a walk. You come back and you get back to it. But lazy pen is different. Lazy pen mm-hmm. could could have you down for a year, two years, mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. don't. Um, know how to work your way out of it. And so I just want to ask authors, what happens when this, what do you do when this happens to you? Or does it even happen to you? Some authors may be like, I don't know. I'm not lazy. So Mm -hmm. if you're not lazy, we're not talking to you. Mm -hmm. And that's also too, Leisha, because as readers, you can tell when an author just threw some words on the page to get that word count up, because everything starts to sound the same, just different words, like the and the, you know, I love using that synonym. <laughs> and they just adding words to the to the word count. So that's another example of of that that uh, lazy pen. I love that. I just crack myself up with that detail. The. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I actually ask post the question. Um, a few questions. I'm always asking questions on Facebook. But I did pose a question about using, about tagging, um, and we can talk a little bit about that later in the show, about tagging uh, in your books. You know, is it necessary oh, yeah, to I tag? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it necessary to tag? Because sometimes you can just have that that motion in there where mm-hmm. it's just like a smooth flow. Because really um, what I got a lot of authors are saying, yes, you tag to identify if it's two or more people uh, talking in the book. Mm-hmm. But people tend to tag, even if it's one person talking. I mean, they just tend to tag all the time. And even if it's right. two people tagging, I think if it's two people within that story, mm-hmm. if you write it, if you develop it and write it properly, you don't need to tag all the time. Right. And if it flows properly, you can tell who's saying what and when. Exactly. You know? So that also works that way. And if you're you if you're showing more than you're telling, then that helps as well. Because if you if you put the the character says something, but then they get in the car or they they're doing something. Well, ain't nobody else doing it. I mean, readers. I mean, we we do keep up with the book, so we can tell. You know who's mm-hmm. doing what. It's only when it's all over the place and. You know, sometimes your pen is all over the place when it's not really organized. And that mm-hmm. comes out in, into your writing. So, mm-hmm. and we can see that as well um, when when it's just a little bit or unorganized from mm-hmm. the author's standpoint. But at the same time, sometimes it comes from the readers not paying attention for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Either they're not getting into the book or they're too occupied stuff to um to pay attention to what's going on so sometimes it's not the author 
that gets the reader lost. The reader gets lost themselves because sometimes we don't pay attention. Uh-huh. And, you know, you end up paying attention to what you're doing or what you're reading. You got to go back and read it again because you was doing something else or you're trying to read at work or you're trying to take care of the kids and read and then you done missed something. Now you got to go uh-huh. back because you're trying to figure out what's what, but it really is not the and then you get frustrated, and a lot of readers are like, this author, Tim, was everywhere. No, you was everywhere. Mm-hmm. It wasn't And if you're paying attention, mm-hmm. and if you're paying attention, you know, it doesn't slow, because as I read, I like to see it unfold in my head. And uh, if I'm if I'm lost, that means I missed something. And uh, just to be sure, I always have to go back. That's like watching a favorite show, and, and you step away, and then you come back, and you wonder what went on while I was away. You know, Absolutely. but now it's not flowing because you've lost track of some scenes in between that, that away time. So Absolutely. And it, it can be on also, either or. Yes, and it can come if the author is not balanced. You have some authors that, and this is just my opinion, so don't send me no inboxes, but you can be a creative writer. That means that you're a creative writer. You're good with short stories. You're good with. Um, stories for a creative writing class, but when it comes to writing to the masses, it's a little different. And mm-hmm. you have to you have to have the pen for it. Everybody is not meant to be a, a, a writer like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times authors forget that readers are visual. They have to have a visual. Mm-hmm. You have to give right. them something to replay. You can't tell them what it is because then they can't feel it. They have to see it in order to feel it. So you've got mm-hmm. to let them replay whatever your vision is in mm-hmm. your mind. So that means that you have to make sure that you have certain elements in your book. I remember um, talking to an author, and I was reading, and the first part, first chapter of their book was like, I was like, mm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't good. Mm. It was just, mm. You know, my thing is, I can tell, and most readers can tell, by the first 20 chapters, if that book is going to be okay or not. Because Mm -hmm. even though you have not read the book, you see the pattern. And the patterns are always consistent in an author's pen. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, it'll go the same way through the whole book, which will deter Mm -hmm. people from reading it. But what the author told me was they were dumping. And I was like, what's up? You was dumping? Yeah, but you don't dump. <laughs> you don't emotionally dump. You don't dump information in the beginning of the book. You don't do it in the middle of the book. And you don't do it in the end of the book. You do it in them oddball mm-hmm. parts of the book. Because the mm-hmm. beginning, the middle, and the end is what you have to have. That's your glue. Because you have some readers that if they can't get with the beginning, they'll read the end or to open up to the middle of the book. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that's like that's like a bird bath. That's, those are the hot spots. You, any hot mm-hmm. spot in your book, everything is a hot spot, but you got hot spots in your book, the beginning, the middle, and the end. Those have to be hot spots. You don't dump there. Mm, that's true. Because, you know, sometimes in, when you go to the library or if you're in a bookstore, you know, and you just pick up a book and you're not familiar with the author, I'll I'll flip through the pages, and it's like I to do if I do like three or four flips, and I like what I see. That's a good book. That book is coming home with me. Mm-hmm. You know, that right. book is getting checked out because just from those three or four flips, I read a few lines. I like what I saw. 
you know, the pen was flowing. Even though it was it was taken out of sequence of the the action of the flow, mm-hmm. I can tell that this is something that I can get into. Does that make sense? Right. Yes, it does make sense. It makes a lot of sense. Matter of fact, uh, over the weekend, I said, want to say last Saturday, I went to um, five five six book chicks. Uh, they are a book club in um, Atlanta, Georgia. And so they did a discussion with Ty Marshall. Uh-huh. And just the passion coming from the readers themselves, you know, there are tons of readers. But when you think about readers that read urban fiction, they're passionate readers. They have mm-hmm. they, they are very passionate about what they read and they're emotional. So you have to show them what it is. You just can't tell them what it is because they catch it. And somebody had asked me about uh, a, what should they do. Somebody gave them a book to read, read, and they didn't like it, but it was grammatical errors in the book. Mm-hmm. And what I said was the proper process is whoever gave you the book, whether it's the author or the publisher, before you write your review, you should go to them and say, you know, you gave me this book, and, you know, before I you know, go and put my review out there. I just want to um, tell you my thoughts. And they know mm-hmm. that you're not going to like everything they write because everything mm-hmm. an author writes is, is not going to hit. You know, it's it's not. Everybody's not going to like everything that you write. And that's okay. Right. But when mm-hmm. something is wrong, instead of, and this is my opinion, instead of like blasting them on social media or being real nasty to them, you go to them and you say, this is what I found. Because if it's grammatical errors in the book, those things need to be corrected so they can re-upload the book. You know, that's Mm -hmm. that's stuff that they need to know. So if you're just really complaining about it behind the scenes and not talking to them about it, then that is, um, it's not productive for the author. Now that, Structure-wise, if it's something like that, then that's different. Or developmental, they can't really fix that, but they do need to hear that feedback. So when they do part two or when they do their next book or whatever they're doing next, they can be aware mm-hmm. of this is what I do. You know, this is what mm-hmm. a reader is telling me they're seeing. I need to be mindful and make sure that I'm, I'm hitting these spots right. Right. That's so true. And I actually just went through that. You know, I was telling you not too long ago, I had read a book by an author that I'm, I'm, I love their work. But if you see, and especially if it's an author that you're familiar with, and it's just not, and it's a little bit out of character, you know. Mm-hmm. So before I do my review, you know, I just inbox them or send them a message or whatever and say, you know, I really enjoyed it. Because it could take away from the enjoyment of it when you have so many uh, grammatical editing uh errors in a book, you know, it kind of takes you out of that flow. And that's another way you can get lost um, in a story. So, you know, I let the author know what it was before I put it on blast because you don't want to do that. You can't take those words back. And and it's not something that is really necessary to go out and bash an author. Just let them know. Mm -hmm. Like you said, they can upload it, fix those errors, and put it back out there for the masses, for other people to enjoy Absolutely. And the other thing I want to say about that is leaving reviews. And we can talk about that also later on in the show. 
We appreciate everybody that's tuning in. This is Last Chat. I am Miss Leisha. I'm here with my right hand and sometimes my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. We are talking that talk about lazy pin syndrome. We got to step that up. We're going to take a brief break and we'll be back with the fabulous Carrie Anderson. Okay. We're going to hit you with some of that Bebo. Aaron Bebo, that's right, author and publisher Aaron Bebo does not just write books. He makes music and we want the key. We'll be right back. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole riff when it's strong Roll up, one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole riff when it's strong Roll up, one whiff and I'm gone Shorty like my body, set my name first Gonna make up, go in the same purse We out here on the grind she got the same thirst, I got a mind, body, and soul, three round burst. My soldier in heels, the breast behind the ski mask, Netflix and chill. As I roll out the weed bag, she show how she feel. You know a nigga see that, she want my attention and she know it's time to be back. I'm always down the block, put on Mary J. Blige. Hump like handles so she see a mirage. When it's deep, my rib can feel a squeeze from her thigh. I could tell that she mind by the look in her eyes. If we get caught in the act, we'll be sentenced to life. So when it's time to throw down, we don't ever think twice, taking shots at the missus, but this is my wife, so all them shots be misses, bitch, get you a life, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, one snore, she gone, like glass jar, use the whole whiff when it's strong, roll up, one whiff and I'm gone, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, one snore, she gone, like glass jar, use the whole whiff when it's strong, roll up, one whiff and I'm gone, how you doing, love? What's your name, number, and sign? You so divine. Let me look at you from behind. Yeah, your body banging. Coke bottle, some type of model. Digging how when you move through the crowd, the eyes follow. Got my attention. You got my head spinning. The kind of feeling that got you tripping so revealing. Mind state of a hustler, your style so appealing. I'm looking for a trip to Bolivia if you willing. The boy taking Szechuan State and take a break from the day to day. We can get away on a holiday. Vibing, coasting, bragging, boasting. Chopping it up, back to back, blunts in motion Hugging the ocean, shopping, copping, designer Baby, tell me how that sound, I want the finer Things in life, A1 weed, papers and pipes And we can get it right I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up, one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up, one whiff and I'm gone Keys to Bolivia. This is Let's Chat. I'm Miss Felicia. You know, I always got my right hand girl, the fabulous Miss 
Tony in the chat room with us. We have the fabulous Carrie Anderson. Now, we always love, love, love to have fresh guests on. We appreciate everybody that streams and listens to our show. If you would like to be a sponsor of Let's Chat or you would like to be a guest on the show, just send your request to thechatradioshow at gmail.com. We're going to bring in our fabulous guest, Carrie Anderson. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Hey, Carrie. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. We are glad to have you, glad to have you. She is um, a character like myself. (laughs) (laughs) So for all of those that don't know about Carrie Anderson's pen, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey. Well, I am from the San Francisco Bay Area. I was born and raised here. Um, My journey has been short-lived. I've actually started self-publishing my work in 2013. Uh, I've always wanted to be a writer, but time and, and things just weren't on my side initially, so I started on my journey. So I'm currently um, the author of 16 books total, um, 15 of them belong to a series of Wallace Family Affairs. Uh, each book is, is an individual story about different members in this family. Uh, and I just published on December 20th my first standalone book, which is its own complete book um, from beginning to end, um, which isn't related to the series. And I'm really excited about that book because it's, it was a proof to me that I could actually write beyond my series and and give my reader something else other than constant talk about the Wallaces or those related to the Wallaces. Um, um, let's see. And in regards to just my writing career, I've always written at home poetry and and short stories and things like that that I would entertain my family and friends with. Uh, and just recently with conversations with a friend, that's what encouraged me to actually take it a little bit further and actually try my hand at it. It is a passion. It is something that I love to do. And even if I didn't have any real readers, I, I can't see myself what I'll be doing until there's no more breath in my body. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to make sure I heard, right, this is Tony. You know, I, we have to um, identify ourselves because people say we sound so much alike. But you girl, do. Did you, say you, had, <laughs> did you have a 15-book series? Yes. Well, let me wow. <laughs> so, I, I wasn't going to say nothing, but she brought it up because, you know, you're the chat room here. Pick around like girlfriends and have a little wine or, you know, whatever you have in your red cup because we don't discriminate. And um, I got lemonade. And, you know, Tony always <laughs> sitting on the break a little bit. But I was going to say that that's a lot of books. But, you know, I didn't, you know, it's no judgment zone in here. But the, tell us about this 15-book series. So each, uh, each book, uh, with the exception of one, there is one that is a continuation of part one and part two. But each book can be read as a standalone. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about the Wallace family who are set in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's a multicultural family who all work together for the common good for their family. And um, just in conversation with, actually with my daughter, we were talking about um, what I was going to do as far as writing my stories. And she said, you know, you should write your stories and then, you know, have them all come to a point and then just write a final story. Mm-hmm. So uh, each book within the series follows the same timeline. So you, uh, in book one, you have uh, Tracy's complications, which it's about Tracy and her interactions with the Wallaces. You get a little background information about the Wallaces in uh, the second and third book, which is about Amber, who is actually a Wallace. And then different other um, other members of the family, and they're all on that same timeline. But each story is its own story, so it doesn't matter where you start in the series. Each one is, is its own story. And then we mm-hmm. have the finale, which I have the first part of the finale out, and I published that just this summer, which is present, and that's the the beginning of the new timeline, but also the finale to the entire series. And I'm currently working on the final, final part of that series as we speak, in which that will be, that's um, going to be titled uh, What Comes Next, because they're always talking about what comes next, and now it's time to show what comes next. Oh. Boy, girl, you got me away. I'm like, oh my god, now. Um, this is Tony once again, uh, and that um, you just got me tongue tied over here. <laughs> so that is book sixteen. <laughs> book sixteen. Now, it had to, girl, it had to have some challenges putting all these books together in this series. Did you have any challenges that you could share with us? Oh, definitely, because because we're working on one timeline. Uh, one of the main challenges was keeping the timeline together. Could this have possibly happened yet? No, wait, no, this person wasn't born until this point, or this didn't happen until that point. So keeping the timeline together is extremely important. Uh Uh, And then just making sure that you keep each character true to who they are, even if they may spill over into the next book or the next story, they still have to remain consistent with who they are at all times. And none of that, oh, well, wait, let me change. Well, like, I always think of Back to the Future. And Back to the Future, the first movie, everybody loved it, loved it so much that they decided to write a sequel to that book or to that story, that movie. And in the second movie and third movie, they changed the first movie a little bit to make room for the second uh, movie, which just wasn't fair. Like, oh, he didn't have an issue with being called chicken. Now, all of a sudden, there's this big issue with him being called chicken. So I didn't want to do that in my book. So if something already happened or already said something happened, then I had to find a way around it. Or, like, mm-hmm. in one one case scenario, one of the characters' names, I wanted to change it. And I, 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 I wanted to change it. I needed to change it. But how do I change it without changing what I had already published? And um, I found a way to do that. Um, When she was younger, her name was Raquel. But when she got older, she felt like she was more of a Brooklyn. So when she was in college, she changed her name to Brooklyn. And so from Mm -hmm. that explanation is in one of the books. And then from that point onward, 
her name was Brooklyn. But I had to explain that, and it had to make sense. I couldn't just, oh, all of a sudden now she's she's Brooklyn, and she was never Brooklyn before. So that was one of the timeline, making sure you keep the the characters straight. Those were all huge challenges, but they were such a challenge that, you know, I welcomed it because it's what really preoccupied my time while I was trying to figure out what to do as my teenager becomes of age and has other things to do with her life. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, this is Leisha. I have a few questions as well. Now, I I have a question about the length of the stories. Are they full novels or are these novellas or shorts? They're full novels. So there are how many pages in each each book, roughly? Or how many words? Um, um, I think in the main Wallace Family Affairs, I think the shortest one is 106,000 words. Oh, and girl. they go anywhere wow. from 100,000 to 300,000, depending on the book. Oh, girl, bless you. All right. Now, how long did it take you to write this series? Like, how often do you put out a book? All of the books have been published in between March of 2013 to um, just this past summer. So um, I had uh, quite quite a few books in my archive for a moment because I was writing and, and building on the timeline, and then I started publishing them all at once. And I have a pretty demanding uh, beta reader team, so I, it normally takes me about maybe three to four, depending on the book. Sometimes a little closer to a little over five months to actually put it together. But it normally doesn't. I don't publish it until maybe a year later. So you do about one or two books a year. About one or two. Depending on the year, I think 2014 or 2015, I put out that year. But a few of those books are um, Beyond the Wallace books, which those vary in in, in range from 50,000 words to 60, and that's about four of them. Okay. (laughs) Girl, you know you be doing some writing, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about your current book because you you have a a current book that is yes. um is it out yet or it's coming out? It came out last month on December twentieth. Secrets and lies. Secrets and lies. Yes, I love that cover. It's really dainty. Tell us a little bit about this book. This is the one that sits outside of the series, correct? That's correct. This is my first standalone uh, book and. I'm used to having a lot of people around, so I couldn't do the stereotypical just a man and a woman. I needed a few other players in my story. So you have uh, two couples who um, have their idea of what they think a relationship or their lives are going to turn out to be like. And Uh one of the couples realized early on that their idea and their fantasy for the future isn't going to work. And then the other couple tries really hard to hold on to that idea and that fantasy as they're also learning things about themselves and they're discovering the secrets that not only lie within themselves but then within their families and then somehow sometimes how those secrets turn into lies. 
And um, that book was just, it was a lot of fun to write. But also, you know, it was it was fun to write because it was something totally different. And I didn't have to worry about timelines in crossing over to um, to the Wallace family affairs. Even though I couldn't help it, I had to hide a couple of Easter eggs in the story. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it it was it was a lot of fun and you have um one of the main characters Royce who just is so lost that man is he's torn between his wife who absolutely loves and doesn't know how to uh how to articulate that without having his side piece on hand oh. without her he doesn't feel complete he doesn't feel like the man he's supposed to be his his time during his marriage without his side piece was a little rocky, a little crazy, but once he had his uh, beloved Vanessa on the side, then he seems to think that he has it together, but his lies just, they completely and totally unravel his world. And girl, you just threw some drama up in there, talking about the wife and the side piece now. You know that drama is... Right, then I'm talking for that piece. He don't even feel whole without the side piece. Like, I got to have my wife and my side piece just to feel whole again. Yes, girl. Now, I was wondering since the 15-part series was so long that could you even step away from all those characters? But I think you kind of answered it. Some of the Wallaces found their way into Secrets and Lies. Yeah, just some some random players, and if you're not extremely familiar with the Wallaces, you wouldn't even notice that they were there. But okay. for those who followed my series, they'll they'll pick up on a, a couple of people. Oh, they're such and such, and it's not a major aspect or, but it's just something for those for those who have followed my my writings. They'll go, oh, they're, they're such and such, you know, and make it a little bit more familiar surrounding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Now, this is Felicia. Go ahead, T. You got a question? Yeah, I was going to ask her, you know, based on um, the, the difference in the dynamics and the way you've written your long series and your, your standalone, what's unique about this standalone project that, that you really, really enjoyed and that you may be repeating another standalone for us shortly? Um. The what um hmm, the uniqueness of this standalone is that I I went a little further in regards to just dealing with with human plight in in the things that that they were dealing with. At the time, mm-hmm. I was supporting a friend who was dealing with addiction, and there were a lot of lessons when going with them to their meetings and things like that. So uh, within this story, I was able to more or less tell the story of one of the children who was affected by the parents' addictions and then how they're looking Uh at their parent as their parent tries to pull the pieces together and not only Uh apologize for what they've exposed them to, but um, try to make amends for it and still being there. Um, Uh And what makes this story unique is just that it, 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 it dives into the whole you know, family aspect without having the drama of the Wallaces who, you know, at any given point of time is going to pull out a gun or are they businessmen or are they hitmen or something oh. like that. This was just your this was your African-American couples 
working every day, trying to get through the day-to-day. I'm going to call you drama queen because you're going to talk about pulling out a gun with <laughs> a businessman or or hit. <laughs> she just take yourself up in the chat room, girl. <laughs> right. We're about to call you Carrie Drama Queen Anderson from now on. <laughs> yes. Oh, that works. You don't know how well that works. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. Now, this is Alicia. How do you go about pushing your name and your pin when you're trying to get your brand going, what are some of the things that you do on and off social media to be able to push yourself and get yourself out there? Um, One of the best ways to push yourself is to support others. Um, Because I honestly feel like there's enough readers for everyone, and you get to know more people in the industry when you're supporting someone else. So I try to um, I just try to be as supportive as I possibly can and possibly learn something from an, from another writer or another author, that something that I may not have known. And I'm always looking to take notes and pay attention to how someone does something and then think about whether or not that actually works for me, if that would be something that I could do. There are so many people who are just so good at that hustle, and I just I don't have that in my gene to just get out there and market, market, market. But I really admire the way that some people are able to interact with people and intrigue mm-hmm. people and and really just pull them in. If anything, I'm just a student trying to figure out how to get it done. Absolutely. Student of life, girl. Student of life. <laughs> I just <laughs> agree with that. So I want to ask you, what is the most unethical in the publishing industry that you have maybe experienced or you've come across? Mm-hmm. Um, well, hmm. how to say that tactfully? Let me think of that. Hmm. I was just about so, to say, we're not throwing shade, but when people <laughs> go, we're not throwing shade. We're not doing right. that because we don't throw shade on this chat. But we do, we do drop jewels. A lot of times, you're going through something and you're going through a journey. Um, and the author is like driving the freeway. Everybody's in the lane. Everybody drives necessarily see. And when you drop that jewel, that helps them to avoid that same thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Well, you definitely want to pay attention to um, when someone reaches out to you and they say, hey, do you want to join this or get on board with with this project or with that project? Uh, You want to pay attention to contracts or what it is that you're actually signing up for. Um, Fortunately, I haven't uh, fallen victim to to anything like that, but there was one um, author that was out there, and they were recruiting authors to join their label, and I was having a conversation with them and asking a lot of questions, and I happened to reach out to another fellow fellow author because I I noticed that on Amazon they had written a book together, and um, when I spoke with that author, they just told me very honestly about their experience, and um, I knew it wasn't a good fit for me. 
so I just kind of respectfully bowed out. But um, when you're signing up for, you know, working with someone or on their label, contracts important. They're legal and they're binding. When you're putting your name out there or you're putting your name on something, you know, that could be the, the make or break to, to everything in regards to your brand or who you are. So you want to definitely ask 50 million questions. And if you're not ready to make the move, you you should not let anyone pressure you to move faster than you're ready to. Ask questions until you're comfortable and then go from there. That's a good, a good answer. Now, this is Tony. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard at the top of our show, our topic today is um, Lazy Pen. Lazy Pen mm-hmm. says you're stepping up your game. And I can honestly say that I don't think you have a Lazy Pen because you have a 16-part <laughs> series. I'm just saying with number 16 coming out. <laughs> but if you did come across some Lazy pen how would you handle that? Um, well, um, <laughs> that's very interesting. If anything, when when you're in a creative environment, watching others create is mm-hmm. normally inspirational to your whole creative process. Because where you're watching someone else create and what they create is beautiful. Think, oh, oh, but what if I would have? What if they would have tried it this way or that way? And not necessarily standing on the shoulders of what they did, but you take mm-hmm. that idea and then you you move on to something else. For me, I just I like to look at other people's art, even if it's not similar to mine. Just how mm-hmm. they arrive at their creative their creative idea, how they express it, it's just. To me, it's all amazing. Even at the end of the day, when I sit back and look at what I've written, I can't believe I wrote that. I'll read my own books like, oh, wow, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. or I'm laughing because I remember something that related to it. And just Mm -hmm. when you read someone else's expression, you can pick up on, oh, this person has a a medical background. Look at that, like the detail that they put into that. Or you can tell – which things really, really come from that person, and then just the idea of, well, how would you think that would work if you were really in that environment? It's just when you surround yourself around creative people, you tend to just get that bug as well, and it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to to push it away. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. Now, before I wrap up, uh, this is Tony once again, Carrie. But you, you, mm-hmm. you just come in here. You just shook up the first show. You were the first guest of the new year. You just got me all discombobulated, <laughs> girl. But um, <laughs> like I said, I cannot say you are because your latest book is over 600 pages. Over 600 yeah. pages, guys. Make sure you go out and one-click this full, full novel. But when you yeah. have so much material that you put into the pages of your book, how much time do you put into research? I mean, you have to do some type of research for certain aspects of your book. How much time do you put into it? It depends on what it is that I'm actually trying to, to bring out, to draw out. So sometimes mm-hmm. research can take maybe just a few clicks of the computer, and sometimes it's a few days of reading and then digesting that information and then seeing how it applies to my story. 
So it, it can take anywhere from a couple of clicks to maybe a few days. At the most, it's taken me maybe about four days when I'm researching something. Thus far, I've been fortunate enough to find my answers right away. Mm-hmm. And then put it in those pages. Carrie, we have so enjoyed having you here on Let's Chat, and we are honored for you to be our first guest of 2017. Oh, <laughs> Please tell our listeners <laughs> how they can stay in touch with the fabulous Miss Carrie and uh, give us all your social media sites and what you have coming up. Okay. Well, I definitely I have a website, which is www carrytheratteranderson.com. Uh, and then I'm also on Instagram as author underscore Carrie the Writer Anderson. I'm on Twitter as at Carrie the Writer. Uh, I have a blog that is Carrie Anderson, and I'm off Amazon. I have an Amazon page, which is under Carrie Anderson. But if you look up my website, um, carrytheriteranderson.com, there's a list of all of my social media accounts and where you can find me or find any of my accounts. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. So thank yes, you for having we us. appreciate you. I greatly we appreciate got you. Carrie, the drama queen, <laughs> and thank you for that in the chat room. Just this drama she got popping in these books. Thank you, y'all. Grab her latest. With on Amazon, Secrets and Lies. We appreciate you, mm. Carrie. You are always welcome on Let's Chat. Well, thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. You're very welcome. Enjoy the rest of your evening. No, thank you. You too. Okay, thank you. I so enjoyed her. She she, she just came in the chat room and just shook. Can you tell I was shook up, girl? <laughs> I really enjoy talking to her. Yeah, she is so sweet. And and she kind of, I love it. I love to feel an author. That's why we, we do things. Um, as readers, you get to feel the author's passion when you're reading their books because it comes out through their piece. But when it's an author that you've never read, to hear them, even if you have read before, to hear them talk about why mm-hmm. they do what they do, to hear them mm-hmm. about their work and you feel the passion mm-hmm. that way, that makes you appreciate their pen even more. Yes, and then you hear that passion leash, and she sounds like she puts so much work into her finished product. To have, you know, so, so, the, first of all, the length of the series, you know, and all of them still remain relevant. She shows the growth. She shows the different um, areas where they've grown, and she's introduced different characters. You know, that takes a lot and a lot of passion to stick with it as well. Absolutely. We love passion here on Let's Chat. Make sure y'all go out and get y'all one-click pop. Speaking of passion, author Peter Mack has a uh, – a new book out, Costco, which is available on Amazon. Make sure y'all go out and get y'all a copy. If you haven't read Peter Mac's book, you are definitely missing it. Mm-hmm. I actually just finished that cop and blow by Mr. Mac, and he 
Stimulus Mac, he is one of our sponsors. He is our sponsor here on Let's Chat. And if you'd like to be a sponsor here on as well, we have two individual packages. We have an individual package as well as a company package, and they each offer different parts. So make sure you check out my our website on Leisha's page or my page, and uh, you get all the information as well. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can send to the Leisha, you know I always mess up our email because when do I ever email myself? <laughs> the chat radio show at gmail.com. Yes. So we love here. We love what they do. We love to support. So we also want you to go out there, check out Push to the Limit by author Batter Out Next, coming from Reese World Publishing. We appreciate everybody who is just tuning in. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with Lisa Books. Okay. This your boy, Yo Gotti. Gotti. I live, 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 I
um, and I have a, I had a son who was 12 at the time. So imagine becoming a teenager and your whole life falls apart. So, I mean, it was it was a journey. It was a journey. And then 13 months after that, a guy that I became involved with almost killed me. He he choked me. So I was a, a, a domestic violence victim, and I just got to the point where I, like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it was all about much and deep faith. Wow. Girl, that's a lot to go through. And uh, how did you how did you feel writing about it? I mean, was it some was it therapeutic for you? It was very therapeutic. Um, it was a lot easier to write this one than it was my first book, which is His Eyes on the Sparrow. But for me, it led me to see that no matter what I went through, you know, this is what, mm-hmm. where we started at. I lost everything. I mean, I had a good job. I had been there for years, and we went on vacations, and I had money in the bank. I mean, I just had a really good life, and I lost everything, mm-hmm. sleeping in my van, you know, and then I'm like, wait a minute, and my son is with my brother. Nobody knew I was sleeping in my van on a car lot. Who's going to look for you on a car lot? Right. So that's what I did. I had to blend in and pray to God. Nobody discovered me there, you know, for safety reasons, of course. And uh-huh. what do you do? So now, you know, how do you rebuild your life after this is what you're used to and this is where you're at now? And then you find out you have cancer on top of that. So, uh-huh. I mean, you just kind of have to take a look and just kind of sit down. I cried a lot. Oh, I cried uh-huh. a lot. Mm-hmm. So it was just maintaining faith that eventually, eventually I knew everything was going to be okay. But how was I going to get there? I had this little boy looking at me in my face every day, hungry. What am I going to do? He's mm-hmm. my first priority. He didn't want, I tried to drop him off with children's services. Nah, he wasn't going for that one. Stay with uncle, nah, he wasn't going for that one either. He wanted to stay with me, but I can't take care of you. Mm-hmm. And as a mother, as a mother, that was a horrible thing to go through. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't even imagine, um, Lisa. But what was going on? What What was it in your life that made you pick up that pen and become a published author? What had pushed you to that point? I have always had people who have asked me, you know, or not, not asked me, I'm sorry, who told me, you have a testimony. Everything you've been through, somebody needs to hear your story. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. this is what I wanted to do. I always thought that I would write for Harlequin Romance because I'm a hopeless romantic. So that's, <laughs> you know, I'm a, little, I'm a little nasty too. But, you know, my grandson, he's not old enough to know that part yet, so we ain't going <laughs> to worry about that. But... That's the thing is, I always thought I was going to be this fabulous romance writer. I never thought that I would be writing books about my life, true stories about my life. And one, you know, when you get that burning desire in your belly, I mean, when you get that burning in your belly and it mm-hmm. won't go away, that's when you know, baby, it's time. It is time. And that's what I did. And the more I wrote, the more cathartic it was for me. I was able to mm-hmm. release a lot. But even as as I'm releasing things, memories came back that I had forgotten about or thought I had dealt with. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to just really like, wow. And I was able to look at everything I had been through and everything I've overcome. And my life is different now, 
but in a lot of better ways. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've I've met a lot of people along the way, and you know, this has been a great journey. You know, all things said and done, I'm grateful that she tried to kill me. <laughs> How many people can say that? <laughs> I, I was in a job I absolutely hated. I was with somebody I should I knew I had no business being with, and you just kind of stop and you take stock, and I okay that that relationship ended itself. Lost a job while I was in rehab. Mm-hmm. And that was my time to start all over again and do exactly what it is that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And not only try to kill you once, but twice someone tried to, to take your life. And um, how do you continue to put one foot in front of the other? You know, that's, that's, that's just a testament, testimony to be told and shared with so many. Obviously there was something more, something greater something additional that God wanted me to do to help people because I know I'm not the only woman who is struggling. I'm not the only single parent that there is. You know, it's like, oh, my God, what do I do? And all I had to do was I don't have family that I can depend on. So I have a wonderful, wonderful network of friends who never gave up on me, who loved me in spite of everything, who was there with me on my journey. There were times I was like, is this real? No, I'm making this up right there. I'm like, no, sweetie, this is real. You're not, this isn't a dream. I'm like, no, 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 Lee, this is real. Are you sure? This is, you know, and I had people who just loved me through it all and never gave up on me who were by my side. They might have to rotate out, you know. This person might be able to go to the hospital with me, but this person can't go to physical therapy with me. You know, this person had to drive me around. And that's when I knew how loved I was and that this is greater than me. And I had a legacy to leave for my children. Right. That in no in everybody else because no matter what life gets at you, you have one or two options. You gonna let it knock the piss out of you, or you gonna swing with everything you got in you. And that's what I chose to do: is swing with everything I have in me and connect with that ball and knock it out the park. So it's very cathartic, and I tell people just write, just let it out. Don't worry about what it looks like. Don't worry about it. That's what a good editor is for. I let it out. Mm-hmm. And you just never know who is going to get blessed by it, who needs to. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So you just you don't know who needs to hear your story. You don't know who's struggling and going through the same thing or something similar, and they had no hope. And here you come saying, I've been through this, that, and the third. I'm not the only woman who's been, you know, abused. If you look at me now, I still have scars, visible scars, six years later from this man trying to choke me. Right. Now, this is Lisa. Um, do, you, do you do speaking engagements to spread your testimony outside of sharing with me as well? No, ma'am, I would love to, but I haven't been blessed enough to get to that point yet. Thank you. And I'm I'm believing in that. Because you have so much. You have so much to share. It's, it's so many people that need to hear what you have to say right now. You know, they, they have that right now situation, and, and they're at the point you were. I don't know if I can go left, if I go right. Do I need to go left? Do I need to go right? Maybe it's going to get better. Maybe it's going to be this. 
and sometimes they need somebody just to, to speak their experience in, in their life so that it can wake up someone else or help them within their life uh, how to deal with the things that they're going through. Now, I want to ask about your writing skills, the writing process itself. What was the most pouring it out? What was what was the hardest part about the artistic and creative part of uh, getting this book together? The hardest part for me was um, when I, there was a guy that I had met, and he subsequently passed away. And all of your hopes and your dreams that go with that, too. It's not a bad breakup. You know, death, it's forever. So writing about that, um, remembering that, some of the struggles that I went through, and then talking about being sick, um, uh-huh. and how did it affect my son? It's you know everything that I I do. How is it going to affect my children? Because I'm a mother before I'm anything else. I mean they're grown, yes, but I don't ever want to do anything. Well, I kind of personally delight in embarrassing them, but. That's part of the fun of being a mom. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, good embarrassing, not the, oh, my God, kind of embarrassing. Um, I seem to have a good knack of doing that with them as well, but I never want them to be humiliated or ashamed in anything that I do. So it's trying to find that balance to tell my story and not hurt my babies at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's the hard part is is finding that that balance and telling the stories and some of the memories that come along with it. You know what's too much, what's not. You know, do I leave this alone? Do I add this? You know, you know those are hard. That was the hardest part in this particular book for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, where did the idea to, to write about your life come in? I mean, you could have taken any avenue and wrote about it. Uh, did you feel that this was a story that you, was within you and just had to get out before you can tackle any other type of genre that you wanted to write in? Yes, because it is so incredibly personal. And mm-hmm. there are there are so many people, not just women, but so many people out here who are hurting and who are struggling and think that, you know, because of their life and their circumstances that, they, that they're nothing, that they're nobody, and that they'll never be anything. They don't have any family and whatever, you know, I mean, you could just, the list is endless on, you know, why things are the way that they are. But someone needs to know that, you know, I had two people who tried to kill me in 13 months. You know, and I had a cancer surgery, and I was homeless, and I went through all of these things, but I still made it. Mm-hmm. So when you're determined and when you walk with God and when you have a good support system and a lot of tissues, oh, you need a lot of tissues, mm-hmm. then, you know, it's going to be okay. And anybody who says, oh, stop crying, oh, honey, I will, I'll throw some pause on you on that one. If you're trying to make a downgrade because you don't know or you don't understand. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah, I know it's going to be okay. I'm in my, my mid to late 40s. I know it's going to be okay eventually. Mm-hmm. 
But in the meantime, what happens? Cry, baby. Let it out. Do what you have to do to right. to get that release. So I could cry and write. I try not to cry and type because I don't want to mess up the computer. You know, I cry enough. People are like, are you dehydrated yet? No, not yet. You know, hey, because I cry a lot. Uh-huh. And, you, you know, I cry sometimes just because I'm crying doesn't necessarily mean I'm upset or mad. Right. But you have to let it out. Get it out. Mm-hmm. Because people it's more need room to know. out than in. It's more room yes, out than in, girl. Yes. Ooh, yes. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, that was my whole hope in, in, in writing this is that people know that no matter what's thrown at you, you know, keep swinging, you know. Stay down, right. stay down. No, I'm going to get back up and keep swinging. You got to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to leave. I wanted to see how, what I was made out of. Let's be real about that. How strong am I? I didn't want her to steal my spirit. I didn't want her to steal my spunk. Mm-hmm. So then she wins. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow, Elisa, we so, this is Tony. We so appreciate you for coming on Let's Chat and sharing with us your journey, your very personal journey, and letting us in see the, the walk that you have walked to get to where you are today. And I, our hands are, are are extended to you. You know, you you are you are strong. We can hear it in your voice. Thank you. And I'm sure Thank our you. listeners can hear it. So we so appreciate you for sharing that because you never know who you may touch that's listening to our show that can be going through something similar. And, and to hear the strength in your voice just encourages them to keep keep going, keep putting that foot in front of the other. Thank you. Thank you. Please share with about. us a personal. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying that's what it's about. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And please share with our listeners as well as me and Alicia, because you know we 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 love to read, and especially new authors. Just please share with us anything else that you may have coming down the pipe, or or, or your social media sites, and anything else you want to share with our listeners. Please share with them. My social medias, oh, wow. I'm not very good at that, y'all, so, you know, kind of bear with me on that one. But I am on Twitter, let me see, at LisaSparrow41. I am on Facebook, Lisa Y. Sparrow Author. And I am working on book three, um, which is a continuation of book one, telling the story of my life as a mentally ill woman. And I have been asked by several people to write an erotic romance. So I will be doing that, but that will have to be a work of fiction. <laughs> well, you may well, come back things. on Let's Chat <laughs> and share with us, the ladies of Let's Chat. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a work of fiction with some real-life stories. to have you back anytime. You know, our door is always open Thank here you. on the chat. Anytime you want, just let us know and we'll put you in there and, and then just share with our listeners. Thank you. I appreciate it. I had a fabulous time. It was worth leaving Bible study early for this. Yes. <laughs> well, we we're happy you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> now i got to explain why I left early, though. <laughs> We don't know. <laughs> it's a twin. Really, really yes. 
You enjoy the rest thank of your evening, Alicia. Yes. Thank you once again. You too. Thank you so much. Yes. Absolutely. Good night. Good, Good night. night. I like that, Alicia. I like that. Mama, thanks, Sarah, up in here. Let me tell you. I like that, Alicia. I like that. Alicia, see me, Mama. At least you don't change all I guess
This is State of Emergency. Bitches, 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 bitches. You want me to do? I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back.
Oh, know, yeah, always. Got to have a little drum. Like, y'all don't know. Y'all be taking that trip. Get off on exit 55. Y'all got a whole conversation on what happened at the gas station back in that exit. <laughs> <laughs> For real. <laughs> now, tell us a little bit about your book. Oh, man. the la- my, my latest release was is um Unspoken Loyalty, and it's about three females that's in the game, that's in the drug game, but they have some loyalty issues within themselves, and they loyalty go through a certain test, and it's a surprise. It's going to be a surprise in how, you know what I'm saying, each one passed that test and who actually gave the test. Because everybody, you know what I'm saying, always wants somebody that's loyal to them, but it's a test to each loyalty. Everybody tests everybody's loyalty at some point. And these females' loyalty has been tested. Some one or two fail, one stand. There's only going to be one that stand, but you got to read the book to find out who's stand. Oh. That's right, man. And I think it's funny because this is so much. I mean, we do. We we put so much on people um, a lot of the time that we don't know if they can handle the type of responsibilities that we display them. So when you wrote right. about unspoken loyalty, what what are some of the things that was going on in your world that made you feel like you needed to get this out here, or it needed completely to- honest on that question? I was in what you call a private hotel, and. Uh, person that I thought it got balls on it yeah you got feet okay now you about to tell him it's a private hotel okay go ahead you was behind the wall all right yeah I was behind the wall I was in a private hotel that was right over my head that was that was not the hotel (laughs) <laughs> Maybe the most yeah. but we wish right. we got you, we got you, we got you. <laughs> okay, that's what's up. And you know how just just like being down, you know what I'm saying? You don't got to be specifically in that particular hotel, but you could just be out in the world and the person that you think that's gonna stand beside you don't stand beside you. So their loyalty was tested because told me what they was gonna do, but end up doing something else. And then some of the things that I seen when I was at the at the hotel, you know what I'm saying, kind of made me, you know what I'm saying, want to to write about it. And then I changed it up because even though I'm an African-American female, I wrote about some Caucasian females that, that goes through the same thing that we go through. So it's a little different. You know what I'm saying? I, I, switched, it, I switched it up a little bit, um, but... The women still in power. You know what I'm saying? My books that I write, you're never going to see where a woman is being downgraded. they always going to be on top and going to rise. So even though their loyalty was tested, they still rise to the top. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. this is Tony Valerie. I'm sure you, I'm glad you cleared that up because, uh, first of all, I had to clean my glasses and make sure that there were three. Caucasian women on the cover because you sound like a sister, and I just wanted to make sure, you know, you're the third guest that come here. It just got me all <laughs> once again discombobulated. Now I'm like, this girl, and uh, 
I see the three women on the cover. Okay, now I'm I'm on the I'm 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 right there with you. But why did you feel that you had to put the white write about white women instead of like mixing it up, maybe? Because that's what I was mostly around. That was oh. really going on around me. It wasn't a lot okay. of us. It was more of them. So in a I sense, know. they kind of expired. But I wanted to to do a little versatile. I'm always gonna write about a sister, but I mm-hmm. wanted to step out and do something else too. I don't want to just be okay. in one little area. I don't want to lead them out. They read us too. That's true. Now I have a question for you. Just to please, we have to we have to announce ourselves because we sound so much alike. Now, okay. from the time that you came home from being at the hotel, <laughs> from the time that okay. you came home to be able to sit down and write these these books, what was the process like for you, um, creatively, emotionally? And, and really physically to be able to sit down because once you come home from the hotel, you a lot of times people can't sit still. You know, it's hard to sit still. What were some of the right. things that that you you have to go through, endure, or even just overcome to be able to sit down and sit? Well, first of all, it takes focus. It takes willpower. Mm-hmm. Second, I actually wrote unspoken loyalty while I was at the hotel. And within the last, because, you know, I'm 100 with me. You know what I'm saying? I just came home in September of last year, 06. Mm-hmm. I mean, 2016. So I had already wrote Unspoken Loyalty while I was there. So to be able to experience that as I was writing it is is just is more personal to me. You know what I mean? It's like... Because I'm witnessing when witnessing all that while I'm actually putting the pen, mm-hmm. all my emotions and thought was in it. But to come home and to actually publish it, it made me feel like I'm still on the same on a on the same path, you know. Because um, before I went to that hotel, I had books out, so it was like I'm not I'm not losing a step. I did. That was my whole process of thinking. Just because I'm at this hotel don't mean my pen and my paper can't meet. And my mind can't mm-hmm. stay focused. So that was a way for me to stay focused and keep myself humble and get through that time the way I needed to get through that time. My pen and my paper got me through, along with the mm-hmm. good Lord up above. Mm-hmm. Wow. Absolutely. Valerie, this is and, Tony. And, do you think if you had no... Oh, oh, no, I was just going to say, sometimes God has to sit you down. Um, he has to sit you down sometimes just for you to be able to focus a little bit. You know what right. I'm saying? Sometimes, and it doesn't, it's not just going to the wholesale, but in, in any situation, sometimes when you he sees that you kind of getting off of right. what he has set up for you, He'll sit you down just to open you up, up a little bit, open your mind a little bit, open your eyes a little bit, so that you can see what he sees for you. Right. And put you back on path, you know. But right. sometimes it's a sit down that that's needed. Would you yeah. say that when he sat you down, that was really what you needed at that time to to get your mind back on where you were going? 
Uh, I, I would say so. Also, I believe he he did it. He allowed that to happen so I can read, get rid of the person that was around me the most to show me that they wasn't who they say they were, even mm-hmm. though because I was blind to the fact. You know, sometimes you are, you know something, but because you not got your emotions and feelings all involved, you running with your emotions and feelings. Instead of looking at it the way you're supposed to look at it, you're looking at it through the, the love eye. Instead of looking at it through the, look, I already know you ain't about this. Why am mm-hmm. I still with you? You know what I'm saying? I knew that, but he had to physically take me away from that particular situation mm-hmm. so I can see it more clearly. Even though he was trying to show me, I wasn't trying to listen because I was trying to listen to the flesh instead of listening to what he was having to say. So I feel like it worked out for my benefit. Mm -hmm. That's right, because you know emotions, everybody know emotions will choke your brain. Won't it, though? It will choke choke it right on us. You won't be able to see, hear, or know nothing. You just see it. So I I feel it. I feel it. Go ahead, see, I'm sorry. No, I, I I was going to say right on around that same, you know, area is that sometimes you have to take a step back because otherwise would you have published these books if you hadn't checked into that private hotel? You know, sometimes right. just life is in the way of what you really should be focusing on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's real true. And I agree with that 100%. You know, I mean, but... I'm grateful and thankful for Coco Mix and Creative Flow Publications because they stood beside me and behind me through it all when most mm-hmm. people probably would have just walked away. So with her and that and Creative Flow Publications, my loyalty is with them. I will ride with her to the moon and back to wherever because she stood beside me. So I'm always going to ride with her and stand beside her no matter what mm-hmm. because that was very important to me because most people would say, just write you off, you know what I'm saying? Right. And because you're not producing anything, so they're like, well, what's the point of keeping you around? They're with me day by day, you know what I'm saying? We communicated, and that was like, that helped me stay focused and keep my mm-hmm. pen and my paper together. Because I think without that, knowing that she was there with me, my pen and paper might not have met as often as they did. Mm-hmm. That support is real, and, and it really does keep you keep you focused as well as motivated. But, Valerie, yeah. what do you hope to uh, achieve? What goals do you wish to achieve as an author? Um, As an author, first mm-hmm. I would like to be, for one, I would like to, like to be a friend to every reader I can be a friend to. I mean, like, a friend, not just your author, but your friend. I classify myself as a friend, not just an author. Mm-hmm. Two, I would like to eventually have my baby, which is the Domino Effect series, turned into a movie or a TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 my goals. But my short term goal is to put out another book within the next month or two. Mhm. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, this is Tony once again. You say you want to put one of your, your baby into a, a movie or a TV series. You know, a lot of web series are, 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 are picking up. How do you feel about the web series? Um, I think it's a good thing. You know, um, it's just everything is a process, and I feel like, I'm not uh, picky. I'm not whatever, whatever that can get me that exposure that I need. Because regardless of what it is, if it's good or how you do it, if it's good, somebody gonna see it. So any exposure is good exposure to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's just how I feel about it. You know what I'm saying? If people are talking bad about you, that means you still getting your name out there. Because it's going to be that next person like, well, what's so bad about it? Let me go check this person out. I want to know what's bad about them, too. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, because people know me like that. If, you know, they want to be able to chime in on what's wrong with you. So, you know, good and bad, in the end, it all worked out for you. So, I yes. feel like I get it. If I get it how it comes to me, and I'm going to be grateful either way it goes. That human nature that want to know what's going on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, today, Valerie, our topic is lazy skin syndrome and how we got to step is, up. And you okay, wait a minute. Is what I repeat that? Because I missed had a little, Oh, lazy skin syndrome. It's because okay. the writer's block. You know, lazy skin syndrome is when you don't feel like right, don't want to promote, you just, you're just really lazy about the brain. Right. Now, what are some of the suggestions? Um, when life gets in, in a way, what are some of the suggestions for doing that you can drop off on other authors that may find themselves kind of in the writing um, threat? I mean, I've been having that same problem lately. So my thing is sometimes you just have to just go ahead and just do it. Because it be on your mind, be like, man, I need to promote or I need to write. I don't feel like it. But for me, once, if I just go ahead and do it and just get started, and if I write that first word or that first sentence, then I'm good because I don't get, I can get into a groove. Once I promote that first link and go to that second link, by that third link, I'm on. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just got to go ahead and do it. You got to think about what's the reason you got into this. Did you get in this for money? Did you get in this for because you love it? I mean, what's your purpose? If you got this gift, to put words together and make a life out of it, then bless somebody with it. Don't hold it. You know what I'm saying? God gave you the gift. Mm-hmm. So continue to bless somebody with it, even if you don't want to. That's just like having, for me, this is my opinion. You know what I'm saying? You might not feel good, but somebody give you that, hey, how you doing? Give you that hug. Look, I was just thinking about you. Man, that make you feel better. Who's to say your book? Just seeing your book cover might be like, dang, I feel better. I'm going to read. You know what I'm saying? I might feel like reading, just promoting, just knowing that you can bring some kind of joy to somebody because readers love to read and authors should love to write. You know what I'm saying? So don't hold your gift back because you don't feel like it. And that way God shouldn't have woke you up this morning because he ain't feel like it. But it ain't like that. So we got to give life just like God gives life. Because our books give life in some type of way, 
to somebody. Mm-hmm. Even if you just want to get away from your everyday life, you step into right. a book, you can go any direction, any Yeah, you can go anywhere you want Right, mm-hmm. right. And I think that's why I love writing so, because I can be any character I want to be. I can create any world I want, whether it's good or bad. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when... And you can you can you start your story and you can end it however you want to, you know what I mean. Even if you're angry with somebody, look, you can put them in your book and kill them off. Even though you ain't killed them in real life, it make you feel better in the book. You know what I'm saying? Okay, kill them off any kind of way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can you can decide how they die. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just just for real. You ain't got to put your hands on them. You can put that pen to them, you know what I mean? Because uh, I have, and you know what I'm saying? It feel good. It. Right, they go publish it. So when people read it, they're right. like, oh, that was uh, you, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was you. She I read that That sounds just like you. But right. Well, what you do? Oh, you ain't got to tell me what you do now because in chapter 36, you already told it. You 30? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you scandalous. Yeah. Come <laughs> on. That's the makings of a bestseller when you can put that personal, personal touch to it. <laughs> oh, man. So you kill them all. They ain't going to say that about the situation because they don't want nobody to know it's anyway. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's now, just like the help. I know y'all seen the help, right? Which one? The help? Yeah. 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 Like you see yeah. how she put it in the in the book about the lady had them ate her, you uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Ate her pie, but she ain't want to admit it. So, you, <laughs> hey, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. That's all. You need writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Hey. laughs> now, this is Tony Valerie. If you okay. had to write an anthology with three authors, who would it be and why? Mm. Well, let's see. I got to pick three. Um, how well, many do you want to pick? <laughs> no, no, I'm going to pick three. I'm going to pick three. Okay. I'm going to pick three. One, the legendary Coco Mix got to. Mm-hmm. And my, I will pick two of my, I'm going to say, still say colleagues, even though, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. I feel like the four of us, me, Coco Mixon, Simply Shonda, and Tawana Brown, which is now Johnson, I feel like if all four of us put a book together, it would be so awesome because them some very talented females. And I would just be blessed to just be in my pen, to have my pen game with theirs. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's just real. That's just real. Wow. I love them. I have to make yeah. that happen. <laughs> yeah, somebody help help me make it happen. Somebody help me make it happen. You know what I'm saying? That's quite a lineup. That's quite a yeah. lineup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Zari, it's thank you so much for sharing yourself with us and our listeners this evening. We have so enjoyed getting to know you and your journey your awesome journey. Now, please share with our listeners uh, your social media sites as well as anything else that you may have uh, coming out. 
Um, well, everybody can reach me on Facebook as author Valerie DeShazer. If you feel like emailing me, you email me at authordeshazer at gmail.com. You can find all my books on Amazon Kindle. You can find me on Instagram as author DeShazer. Um, I'm actually on Twitter as Domino005. So however you can find me, you find me. And it's all good. I love everybody. I thank y'all for having me on the show, and I hope to be back. Oh, I thought it's always open, girl. You come on in here and and shake things up. That's right. That's right. Come here over there. Okay, that's what's up. I'm ready. Anytime. We'll do some things. All right. All right, I'll let, next time, next time, y'all can just ask me a whole bunch of questions. You know how to do the hot seat? I take a hot seat. Y'all can ask me oh. anything. I got an answer. Oh, how about this? I see. You don't, don't get right. it. Don't tell me. Don't Don't Ain't no telling. Ain't no telling what we gonna ask. Hey, ain't no telling what kind of answer I'm gonna give either. That's not like it. That'll be a fun show. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, Y'all talking about the questions. They got to be prepared for my answers, too, now. Fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> We're going right. to make that happen. <laughs> okay, y'all do that. <laughs> Valerie, thank you so much once again for joining me and Lisa here on this chat tonight. We have had so much fun getting to know you and getting acquainted with your pen. So we appreciate yeah. you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Y'all have a good evening. Okay, you too. You too. All right. Lisa, I loved all three of our guests. They each came in with their energy, and it was just flowing in the chat room tonight for our first show back. Absolutely, absolutely. Best show so far. The first show of the year is always the best show. I love all three of these ladies. Their passion. This is why we do what we do here on Let's Chat. Because a lot of times when authors don't have that word of mouth, their personality and their journey by that mm-hmm. alone, people start to be able to go out and just support. And from that support, the team does the best. And next thing you know, they got some faithful fans that, that are into their books, into what they're writing. They can write on the paper, back of the paper back. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, you see the paper back? Yes, honey, I got that. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's all about your personality and coming out and just telling people, this is why I do what I do. Sometimes it could be a testimony, like Miss Lisa, when she came on. It could be, you know, just something that's burning inside of you. Like Carrie, Valerie, where you just you needed to release and talk about some of the things that were going on. So it was mm-hmm. awesome to have them on the show. We appreciate everybody that tuned in, whether you stream, you know, blog talk, or on iTunes, or if you called in on the phone. We appreciate you here on Let's Chat. Make sure you guys tune in with us Friday. We will have the fabulous Week of New House. We will have artist Munchie and artist Mo Payne Taylor in the chat room. Okay. Thanks for joining us tonight. Everybody have a great evening. Good night.
Make me wanna act 